You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. It's a hard world to live in. Peace is hard to find. And COVID-19 has caused all kinds of confusion. It's called it's caused turmoil. There's a ton of political division and all of that by itself can make your blood pressure just rise quickly. But then you have to deal with new social norms too regarding gender and speech and educational systems. And what that does is it leads to uncertainty. Uncertainty then leads to anxiety and fear. Now, it would be easy to say, listen, it's a hard time. Of course, I'm going to be afraid. Of course, I'm going to have anxiety. And in a sense, that's true. And I am not at all saying that feelings aren't important. Or if you're suffering from clinical anxiety or clinical depression, that you shouldn't get help for that because that's so very, very important. And I struggle with some of those things in my own life. But what Jesus is saying is that anxiety that's caused by a lack of faith is not okay. And yes, we are in trauma, but the people Jesus is talking to, they were in trauma. They, they, they were occupied by the Romans. Their religious leaders had completely turned on them. And just to think about what that might be like, think about walking out your front door and, and Russian troops are patrolling your street or Chinese troops are patrolling your street and you have no say, you have no rights. That's what these people were going through. Yet Jesus looked right at them and said, don't worry. And the reason that he could say that is that his Father in heaven, your Father in heaven, will protect you and provide for you. And so when you submit to him, when you learn to trust him, that's when you can find peace, even in a world that's full of anxiety and fear. And so today in the Sermon on the Mount, we land on Matthew 6, and I want you to turn there if you have a, a Bible with you or a phone or a tablet, Matthew 6, 25 is where we're going to land today. We're in the ESV version of the Bible, and Jesus is beginning a new section in this amazing sermon that he preached on a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And I've showed you this image once before, but this is the traditional spot for the Sermon on the Mount. There's a church there. It's called the Mount of Beatitudes. And this is a traditional site. Traditional means maybe. If they say historical, that means yes. But it would have been a scene like this. And Jesus would have been sitting down further on the slope. And people would have been gathered up here because rabbis sat, or sat down while they teach. And so this would have been a, the gorgeous setting they would have been looking at. But Jesus didn't pull any punches at all. And this section is about trusting God. This section of the sermon is incredibly relevant to what we're facing right now in our lives. And I hope it'll help you find peace. Because this world is so full of anxiety and fear, God is the answer to that. So let's look at the full text here, beginning in verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put in. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither, they neither sow nor reap, gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? 
And why are you so anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So you remember last week, we talked about choosing between God and money, God and materialism, God and this culture. And now as Jesus moves into this next section, the therefore in verse 25, is the transitional word. And and what he's saying here is, therefore, if you make the right choice, you'll have no reason to be anxious. Thus, the overriding theme of the section is this. As a follower of Christ, you are called to live a life of faith. Jesus is calling us to live a life of faith in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, he's again contrasting the Pharisees who were chasing after material things, who didn't know what it means to live a life of faith, and those who did have their eyes on God. Because the Lord wants his followers to be at peace. He wants them to live without worry and fear. And the problem is when we are full of fear, then we draw back. And we aren't really then fulfilling the mission that God has called us to do, which is lean into our culture and lean into relationships and find our one. So in order to help you find peace amidst anxiety and fear, Jesus uses two examples. The first is birds. Very simply, birds go about their business without thought of the past or the future. Now, some of you may not know this, but Israel is actually a hotbed for bird watchers. When you go on a trip to Israel, you see buses and buses and buses full of pilgrims that are on their journey to all of the holy sites. But you'll also see, everywhere you go, bird watchers. Because Israel is in this migration pattern between Europe and Africa. So in the fall, they fly from Europe to Africa, in the spring back to Africa to Europe. And experts estimate that there are about 500 million birds that fly through Israel on a normal migration season. So Jesus as he always did, was teaching contextually. He could just look, point at the birds. And the birds are a great study in this idea of worry and anxiety because they didn't think a lot about the future. And and they didn't worry too much about what was happening in the past. Look Look again at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? What Jesus is saying is birds don't sow or reap, and that means that they can't produce anything new. They can't produce a harvest. They can't produce what they need to survive. But yet God takes care of them. And their focus is on today. They're going about their business. They're not thinking about their retirement or that trip to Hawaii that we all would like to be on today. 
So birds are a great study. The second example revolves around the lovely flowers that grow in Israel. And the flowers of Palestine are spectacularly beautiful through no effort of their own. God gave them that beauty. They couldn't manufacture it. And if you do the Greek translation here, this word lilies could be used for really any flower that grows in Israel. If you look at 28 and 29, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now Israel is more than just desert and camels and dust, although you do see people on camels with cell phones. Israel, much of it looks like this. And this is from northern Israel. These are red poppies that dot the landscape there. And virtually everywhere you go, there is this kind of foliage. And it's absolutely beautiful. And so Jesus, again, could have stood where he was and just pointed and said, hey, the flowers of the field, they neither toil nor spin, meaning they could not manufacture any raw goods. Yet God took care of them. And they had more beauty than even Israel at its height. And that's what he's saying about Solomon's glory. He's talking about Israel during the height of its popularity, the height of its wealth, the height of its beauty was under Solomon. But yet even amidst all of that, it had nothing on a flower that God created and that God took care of, yet the flower could not take care of itself. And so Jesus is simply asking, if the Father takes care of the birds, and if he can provide beauty for a flower like that, why are you worried about tomorrow? There's really no point. Because Jesus is calling you to simply turn to God and submit to him. That's where peace is found. And actually, Jesus makes this point straight out in 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? That is so poignant. The example of birds and flowers prove that God takes care of his creation and he will always take care of you. So here's the, here's the next point that, that fits here is that worrying doesn't help you. And if you're like me, I spend a lot of time worrying. And worrying is different than concern. Worrying is kind of consuming and so that doesn't get me anywhere. In fact, I would suggest that incessant worry will distract you from the mission that call, God has called you to do because you'll close in. And if you're fearful of everything, then you'll miss relational opportunities. You'll miss opportunities to share the gospel, to find a person that you can befriend. And so not only does worry, anxiety, and fear cause you to be miserable, but it also infringes upon the mission that God's called us to do. Now, there's no, you know, there's no doubt that this is in a very difficult world that we live in, and I'm not trying to underplay that. Our kids are growing up in an impossible situation. The tech stuff, everything that's going on, it's so hard. Our faith is under attack. That new so-called Equality Act that has just been passed by the House is a direct assault on religious liberty, but yet we are called to live for God, regardless of what happens with that. Our political leaders seem more erratic than they used to. And the virus just continues to drag on. There is so much fear 
But here's the thing. God understands this. And, and I think sometimes we fall into this pattern of, you know, it's never been this bad before. Well, Jesus is talking to an audience that was under Roman occupation. Pilate ruled with an iron fist. He put down rebellions with blood. And yet the Lord's words ring true. How is worrying going to add a single hour? In the Greek, that's literally a most trifling addition. How is worry going to add a most trifling addition to your life? You are made in the image of God. He loves you far more than the flowers of the field or the birds of the air. He loves you deeply. You are the prize of his creation. And so if he loves those things, he's going to love you even more. He's going to take care of you. So stop worrying so much. And here's the evidence of this truth and a way to avoid anxiety and worry. If you look with me at 30 through 33, we see that if you seek the things of God, that you can find peace. Verse 30, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, grass represents the short nature of life. What they would do is they would take the grass in the field that was burned up and they would throw it into the fire. Will be much more, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all of those things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So worry can be evidence that faith is lacking. And the way to reestablish faith or gain faith or grow faith is to seek the things of God. And so here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying that true peace is available when you put God first. And that idea of seeking the kingdom of God, God's kingdom here refers to the sphere of salvation, those who have come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus' kingdom is an already but not yet proposition. His kingdom has already been established and it is reigning in the hearts of believers, but one day it will be consummated when he returns and we move into eternity. But where you're going to find peace is by living a gospel-centered life, by walking into this sphere, because Jesus Christ is the one who made this sphere possible. He came and gave himself on a cross. He died for your sin. He paid the price that you should have paid, and then he rose from the dead. And through belief in him, you can have eternal life, and you can live in this sphere. But Jesus is saying, if you want to have peace, forget about that temporal Go for the eternal. And then Jesus said something interesting. It's the Gentiles. And those people were outside of the Jewish people. They, they were not yet grafted in, non-believers. But they're the ones who should be worrying about this, not you. You know who God is. You know how to trust. And a follower of Christ can put trust right where it belongs, in the goodness of the Lord. So you have a choice to make. If you want to base your well-being on how much money you have at any particular time or how others see you or how your kids are performing, if you want to base your self-worth on the state of your marriage at the moment or whether you're sick or you're well, you're never 
going to find peace. Because these things come and they go. And Jesus is trying to direct you to something more permanent. You'll always be flailing when you chase after these things. They have a start date. They have an end date. They have good seasons. They have bad seasons. And you know what will happen if that's where your hope is? You're going to worry. You're going to have anxiety. When is it going to end? When is it going to start? Where did it go? What do I do? Jesus is saying you don't have to ask those questions when you simply point yourself to the Father. Listen, the the birds aren't anxious. The flowers aren't anxious. They go about their business. God takes care of them just like he'll take care of you. And though this is a really hard world to navigate, and anxiety is real, and I know that many deal with panic and anxiety and I would suggest you go to counseling for that and get help. That's all legitimate. But what Jesus is saying here is seek his kingdom and put your priorities in the right place. And all of these things, the things you need, will be given to you. And I might add, this is pandemic or no pandemic. God's work doesn't stop just because we're in a pandemic. He's not any less good I mean, if you look back in history, there there have been pandemics all through history. And from my understanding of theology, God has kind of been there for all of them. You can go all the way back to 1350 and the Black Death, and then you had the Russian flu in 1889. God was there. Jesus was working. You can talk about the famous Spanish flu in 1918, the one that we're all kind of comparing to this current epidemic. Jesus was there. He was working in the hearts of believers. God was protecting and providing. There was the Asian flu in 1957. You had the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. You had SARS in 2003. And Jesus was there working out his purposes all that time. And he will be there for the next pandemic and the next one and the next one after that. And so you don't have to shrink back just because we're in a hard time. Jesus is there. God is providing. And so it's really important for believers to believe this and understand this to find peace. Jesus uses birds and flowers as an example to help us not to worry about everything. God takes care of them, so don't you think he's going to take care of you? He's thought, you're, you're so precious to him. One of the problems we have in Western culture is that we don't understand how God views us. God views us as his children. He loves you. And if you worry, well, that could be a lack of faith. That when you seek his kingdom, you can find contentment. And then Jesus wraps all of this up in a beautiful, perfect bow. Look at verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Or in the NIV, I like this a lot better. For today has enough trouble of its own. Why are you worried about tomorrow? Why are you still stuck in the past? Today has enough trouble of its own. And and look how the birds do it. They just go day by day, hour by hour. And you can't control all that other stuff anyway. And it seems to me, put my Bible over here. This is just my opinion. It seems to me 
that a blanket of fear has just fallen on America and that people are just living in a ton of anxiety and a ton of fear. And there's fear everywhere. I got up this morning and I read the front page of the Star, which is sometimes a mistake, and everything was fear, fear, fear. Vaccines working, but experts fear. Everybody's living in fear. And listen, I'm not saying, please hear me clearly, I'm not, I believe the virus is real. I believe that we need to respect the virus and be cautious. That's why we're wearing masks in church. Not everybody likes that, but it's how we serve each other. But what I am saying is that if we're crippled by fear, if we're paralyzed by it, if we have forgotten our mission, then we have strayed from what God has called us to do. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, trust my Father. He will provide for you. And if I'm constantly freaked out about every person I meet that I'm going to be stained, who am I going to relate to? People are still dying and going to hell or heaven. And so I think it's going to be time soon for Christians to get back up off the mat here and get busy as these vaccines start taking hold. I hope we haven't forgotten how to do that. And here's a beautiful parallel passage to Matthew's writing in the book of Luke. And I want to leave you with this. He records the sermon as well. And he records, he records the final words of this section like this. Jesus said, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. And so, That's a clear message to us. Can you take those words home with you today? Can you take the words fear not and really personalize that? Your father has already given you his kingdom. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be weighed down by anxiety and fear. He wants you to reap a reward for your work of the kingdom. And so the message of Jesus amongst all of this pain and trauma and heartache is don't worry. Why? Because your Father in heaven is taking care of you. And so when you learn to trust him, when you submit to him, that's when you can find peace in a world full of anxiety and fear. And so what I want you to do is just take a moment and just pray. Take take a second in quiet What is it that's weighing on you? Where is your fear coming from? Is there something that you're anxious about? And you're saying, yeah, I really can't control that. Lord, will you please take that off of me? Why don't you just spend a minute talking to God and then we'll close. God, I just thank you that there is a a way for us to rise above circumstances, that you've given us the power of the Holy Spirit to see past only what we can see in front of us now. We can hope for the future. And I pray, God, that we would learn, both as individuals and as a church, to not worry, to not be anxious, to not walk in fear, because you are in control of all things. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. 
For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.